In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. February 18th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 29 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from a bathtub full of Oreo martinis. Damn it. <laughs> it has been one of those weeks. Damn it. Or one of those weekends. And I intend to see the end of this bathtub and this weekend. Yes. <laughs> At some point. Glurg, 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 glurg. Where are my cabana boys? Damn it. Okay. So, would you like to start Adventures in Knitting, or shall I? No, you start Adventures in Knitting this week. Okay. So, this week in my knitting, I have been working on the Watson socks. I need to start something else, just so I have something else to talk about at the end of the podcast. Because otherwise it's going to be like the next six weeks. I'm working on the Watson socks. I'm working on the Watson socks. Your socks are, I mean, it's so tiny, and it looks like a little... We like pea pod. It's so tiny. Because I'm a fairly tight knitter, or a fairly dense knitter. Dang that. Oh, I guess the, your yarn's probably thicker than mine. Thinner. I'm, that's what I meant. Me, <laughs> me and the Oreos have been talking. Yeah, so I am working on the increases for the gusset. This is the second? Yep. And yeah, I'm working on the gusset. I'm almost, I think I've almost got enough on the gusset, but I should try it on before I do the heel. Okay. Just to make sure it fits right and see if I need to do maybe a couple extra rows. But then soon I will be doing the heel on the second Watson sock. And then I'm just, you know, going to knit the leg up as far as it can go. Or as far as I want, more like. And then you're going to cast on your Soctopus? I might do that before that. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, the other thing I've sort of been working on is my Potion Master stockinette socks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I am, I'm measuring it. I need to actually try it on as well so I can see how far down my foot is because I am almost at the point to start decreasing the toe. And once I get to that point where I'm decreasing, when I, when I finish the toe. That's closer to what mine is. I'm going to go, fine, damn it, I can do the Soctopus socks now. Okay. I just probably should get these ones off the needles. Okay. First. That's fair enough. But they're almost done. Plus, now that I've been doing some de-stashing, Whee! I am kind of desperate to, not desperate as in, oh dear god, I need to use up the stash that I still have, mm-hmm. but more like, I have been looking at all the pretty yarn I have, and I really, really, really want to use it. Oh, I forgot I had this. I want to knit it, but I can't yet. Yes. Oh yes, that yarn. That yarn's really pretty. Oh yes, that yarn. That yarn's really pretty. What is, what's the pattern that you're wearing? Oh, these are jaywalkers. Really? I think. I think I was doing toe-up jaywalkers. I had to do a little modification when I got to the ankle so that I could actually pull them on. Okay. Because um, Jaywalkers, they were one of those patterns. I think they were nitty. Like, one of the very first nitty issues. Okay. The first year of nitty. And they were one of those patterns that, like, everybody, everybody made. Doing. Like, monkeys? Yeah. But they're a chevron pattern, which looks really cool in the variegated yarn that I used, which I think was Regia? I'm trying to remember. It was definitely a commercial merino nylon blend. Okay. And so it looks really cool with the the chevrons in it, but chevrons do not give you much stretch. (laughs) So I have found that with other patterns I've used that have chevrons, I need to put in some pearls in between each chevron so that I can get it over my heel. Maybe it would work well for me then. Otherwise it is way too tight. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise it just does not have any stretch and it's way too tight. So yes, de-stashing. I have actually de-stashed quite a bit. I brought the bag O de-stash yarn to... Knit night. Knit night again this past week and got rid of a couple more skeins. Yay! What and to me? a few more skeins, actually. 
There was three people that took some. And I dumped what was left when I got home into the, the bin that had been holding the beastache yard. There's quite a lot less. <laughs> Seeing it that way, I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, I have gotten rid of quite a bit of stuff. There's still some stuff I'd like to get rid of. I'll probably pop it on my Ravelry thing. And like anybody who wants it, I'll just, you know, mark it as, you know, D-stash. And then if anybody wants it, like 10 bucks plus shipping or whatever. Yeah, okay. It's yours. So I can get it out of my house. And then I've got a basket, of, a bin of stuff just to donate. Okay. I saved the good stuff for D-Stash. Because <laughs> you know me, I have the good shit. Yes, yes you do. There's a couple things in it that I might even try, like, over-dying. But... Especially if it's got the yarn base that you like. Well, it's the lace weight that I had. Those okay. two big skeins of lace weight. But, see, one of them, there is a pa- there is something I'd like to do, a project I have in mind that I'd like to do that it would be good, especially if I over-dyed it. The other one, I don't have a project in mind for it, and I do have other lace weight yarn. Uh-huh. So I should probably, even if I over-dye it, I should probably just get rid of it. Because I already have other lace weight yarn that I love more. <laughs> Okay. And that I'm going to keep and that I don't have a project for that stuff. So Is that the Lorna's? Know. No, I don't have any Lorna's laces. What was the what was the red with red lace that was in your D stash bag on Thursday night? That was just Scasel. Oh, okay. Or Scassel or I don't know how it's or whatever. pronounced. Merino lace. Okay. But it's the red stuff that I would probably be keeping. Okay. But yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. I haven't been doing a huge amount because it has been a busy week <laughs> between work and getting a new computer. Which has been named. Yes, it is purple. It is named Sherlock. It is the laptop of sex. Yes. And which is part of the reason that the the episode last episode only came out yesterday, Friday, because uh, my last laptop, it had been getting slower and slower and I had been planning on getting a new one in April because apparently April is supposed to be good for like laptop prices. And then like two weeks ago, it started the power connection at the back started being really touchy. As in, if I nudged my computer or the cord even slightly, the power would go off. Which is a bad thing because my computer also would not work if the battery was in it. Yeah, that's balls. Yeah. And then the last week or so, it's been like, I haven't even touched it. And the power's gone off and completely shut off the computer. Which is not very good. No. When one is trying to do things like edit a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Because then I have to save the podcast every 30 seconds so that I don't feel like ripping my own eyeballs out when I lose whatever I've been working on. But now I have a new computer. Yay! I have a new version of Audacity. Which Yay. is nice. You may have noticed the last episode, I was able to do more noise cancellation stuff on it, because the noise cancellation on the old Audacity was kind of crap, but this one is awesome. And, but I've just been like setting things up, and then we've had other technological stuff going on. <laughs> We've had our TV unhooked because we're getting a new TV, so the satellite was unhooked, and the person who was doing the work for us, first they, they hooked stuff up, when, when they hooked it back up again, they hooked it up wrong, and then when I figured out how it was supposed to be hooked up, or how I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be hooked up, uh, it won't find the satellite now, <laughs> so we still have no TV, and Mom and I are kind of freaking out about, you know, the last episode of Downton Abbey tomorrow night, which, you know, you know you're a geek when, you know, you're in Best Buy looking at HD TVs, like 42-inch HD TVs, and saying, wow, Downton Abbey is gonna look really good on this! Nice! <laughs> Unlike, you know, everybody else who is like, oh my god, I need this for sports! Or something like that. But yeah, so I ended up playing, like, satellite tech for two hours tomorrow, yesterday, and oh god. To no apparent avail? No, it's still not working. There's a tech coming tomorrow who will hopefully fix it. Especially because the re- the repeat of Reichenbach Fall is on tomorrow night, too. Oh and dear. if PVR ain't hooked up, it doesn't record, so we didn't get it on Thursday. Oh dear. So this is why I need the bathtub full of martinis. 
So, what have your adventures in knitting been this week? Well, I have here the bodice of the amused sweater, which means I've got everything from the neckline down to the waist. So I still have the waist yarn around the sleeves, both sleeve holes, and around the yoke at the top, the neckline. It is really soft. It has come together really quickly, but I've been, I will admit to being semi-obsessed with it. Well, it doesn't take much, too, because it looks like, I mean, it looks like a fairly zen pattern. It is. Because the back is just stuck in it, isn't it? Yep, yeah, it's stuck yeah, in it. it's in the round for part of it. And te- technically, I did something just a slightly a bit different. When the two brocade sides come together at the neckline. Yeah, the two the cable pat- panels. The pattern asks for you to stop, and the whole thing's supposed to be stocking it around. I kept the brocade going all the way down. The cables. Sorry, the cables. I call it a brocade. Yes, but then no one else knows what you're talking about. Hell, they can go look at the pattern. I am into the Oreo vodka as well. I have I have the patience of none today. Trying week with the elfling. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> motherhood joys of children motherhood and martinis that's all i gotta say so far glad my womb is in no entry entry zone <laughs> my womb uh, is no trespassing <laughs> okay all i'm gonna say thursday was uh my husband's birthday and it was one of the worst days in the last few months of memory <laughs> no matter what i tried and i i honestly did try to salvage the day and it just kept getting worse and worse. And I kept saying, no, I can fix this. I can get this to work. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And you cannot tank back your day. No. <laughs> Sadly. Son of a if bitch. If only everything was as easy to fix as knitting. Yeah. And Friday wasn't good. It wasn't as bad as Thursday, but it wasn't good. We had an Uber deadline at work. And I have the standard workday, you know, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. And at 3 o'clock, I accidentally saved over a finished file with something else. And I think I screamed. I was able to salvage from the backup an earlier version of the file. And I had to rebuild and redo a lot of hours of work really quickly. But I got it done. But I saw I saw myself in the mirror in the bathroom, and it looked like somebody had taken my finger and plugged it into an electrical socket. Here, bury your face oh, in Madeline Tosh. Oh, Madeline Tosh, I know you Madeline love Tosh me. Madeline Tosh makes things all better. I know you love me. Okay, so I have that. The Watsons I have not been working on as much or as fast, but like I've said before, they're my traveling or my alternate project, so I am not going to try and race them. I am doing the insteps right now, but only for the first sock, and they they also are finding their sort of zen place mm-hmm. once you get into it after a little bit. Yeah, especially especially interesting when you get to the leg and you have the freedom just to the go. The same pattern just going around. All the way around, okay. Because it's cable panel, arrow panel, cable panel, panel, arrow panel, cable panel, arrow panel. And then you just the keep around. going. And I was one of the recipients of the D-Stash project. Ah, uh, has me. This is my very first scheme of Dream in Color. Ooh. And this is Dream in Color Starry in Deep Sea Flower. It is navy... And I say ooh like it wasn't in my stash forever. <laughs> like I've never seen it before. It is navy and dark purples. And obviously from the name Starry has that little bit of glimmer in it. Yeah. So somebody somewhere... It has the silver yeah. strand in there. Vampire ash. I like Ground to... sparkle pyre. Yeah. I like to think that I would be wearing, you know, ground up vampire on my feet someday. So I have to think of something... Or as a shawl around your neck. Yes. Or that. I have to think of something... Om nom nom. Something nice for this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be one I, I eventually end up rebuying. Maybe not in that colorway. Even though the colorway is gorgeous, but you know. But it's my very first dream it's in just color. Like, I'm not going to be using it anytime soon. It's just sitting there, so. Okay. I will let it go to another home. Especially one so desperately in need of stash of <laughs> Oh, and just so everybody knows, here in Canada on Monday, it is Family Day. In Ontario, I think. I don't think it's a national holiday. I think it's provincial. Okay. So, yeah, what she said. <laughs> I just know that it, whatever, it affects me on Monday. I don't have to go to work. Yeah, it affects me on Monday because I usually have Mondays off and that's when I do stuff. Yeah. and But y- everything's can't. going to be closed. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Monday holidays. Sorry. Why can't there be more Friday holidays? I'll take that too. Okay. Back the Zen. Bring back the Zen. Pet to the metal and tosh. Squee. Okay, and speaking of squee. And geek squee. Okay, so... So who is a Michael Fassbender fan? Michael Fassbender... At least thinks he's pretty. Yeah, that too. I have no idea about him as a person, but oh my god, he's pretty. And we have other opinions about other parts, but we'll we'll just keep going. Michael Fassbender has plans to make a movie. What movie, dare you say? Who would like to see Michael Fassbender as the Irish version of Braveheart? As in a Celtic warrior, and we're thinking of the Irish landscape and the stories because I've actually read some of the stories date back. We're talking seventh and eighth century. I cannot pronounce the name. I, <laughs> I got I got into a lot of trouble the first time I tried to go Norse. <laughs> I know I've got Scottish heritage in my background that doesn't make me able to speak Gaelic. Yeah. So the name, and you could just go Google it and decide to call him Frank or Joe or something like that, <laughs> like I did in my head when I read the stories. C H U L. A-I-N-N. He's an Irish warrior from the old Celtic mythology. So we're going to see a lot of probably hair flowing in the wind and a lot of... See, now I just picture romance novel covers. What else were you expecting? (laughs) I mean, there's going to be a big sword in there. So, yeah, we're probably looking at lots of, you know, green hills and mists and, you know... Sword fighting. Sword fighting, tartans, probably some blood and mud spray and stuff like that. But yeah, this this actually looks like the live movie version of maybe Brave and... Ish. Yeah. Ish. Because, <laughs> you know, different whatever. But looks like the whole uh, Celtic mythology genre is really kicking up. Ooh. Which I'm quite happy about. Oh yeah. And who knows, maybe you'll get to see Michael Fassbender and, you know, tart, see his nice legs and maybe some bear bum. I'll be in my bunk. Okay. Now, seriously, all you have to do is just Google Michael Fassbender and that name that I gave you, um, and even just Irish mythology movie, and you'll get a bunch of stuff. This is from comingsoon.net. And he's teaming up with Ronan Bennett from Public Enemies to work on the screenplay. Now, thinking of other mythological ancient set or, you know, older setting things, but moving into video games and crafts related to video games. Woot! There is a video on YouTube from a user called The Angry Cow, and cow is spelled with a K, and it's a time-lapse video of someone doing a Legend of Zelda stained glass tapestry Cross stitch. And, and it, it is pretty beautiful. amazing. It is really detailed. It's fairly large. Unfortunately, the one thing I wish the video gave was some close ups of some different areas yeah. of it so you could get sort of an idea of exactly how much detail is in yeah. the stitchery. Apparently, the pattern was on spritestitch.com, which is a blog dedicated to crafty things and handmade things inspired by video games. And actually, we were looking through some of their, their knitted stuff and there was things like a knitted Tetris scarf that someone had done, and a really epic Pac-Man knitted blanket. Yeah, this thing, does it does it give the dimensions? Well, they show a picture of, of what looks like a toddler underneath the blanket, 
Yeah, it's blanket, big. The blanket is minimum a twin size. Yeah, it looks like a large throw blanket at least. And it's the classic Pac-Man game set, you know, with all the dots and the black background with the blue obstacles that you have to move around, and it's got the ghosts and everything. And then, dude, this is all in Tarja. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. We were thinking it'd be really cool if the ghosts and Pac-Man had, like, a felt backing and were knitted separate. So that you could move them around. Wanga, 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 wanga. You could play two-person. And I think this site was also the one that had the really cool shoes. Yes, that's what I'm going to look for right now. The shoe, yes, here we go. Here we go. Video game shoes. What I love are right here. Yeah, they're from different, they're from different people on the internet, some on DeviantArt, some on Etsy, that sort of thing. So we'll link to the blog post about it so you can see the different links. I love those black pumps that look like they're the inside of a castle from Mario. Yeah, it's one of the, the fire levels yeah. from Mario. But also this. Yes, the fully working Tetris cosplay. Someone did cosplay as a Game Boy, like an old school Game Boy, but it's fully working. Like he has like a screen on his chest, on his chest, and you can push the buttons and everything and make it work. And yes, the start and uh, select buttons are over his crotch. (laughs) Yeah, so you'd have to be careful. Uh, No, why? Punch it really hard. I'm not holding anything back. So, how are your New Year's resolutions and things like that working out for you? And stuff like that. Anybody out there have that audacity to say, this is the year I'm going to get in shape and this is the year I'm going to go marathon running and stuff like that? (laughs) If anybody's doing couch to 5K, well, we have a 5K for you to do. Yeah, we do. And it's it's a pretty geeky epic. This is the zombie-infested 5K obstacle course race called Run For Your Lives. Yeah, you can find it at runforyourlives.com, and that is lives, plural. And it is just like what it sounds. 5K obstacle course, and along the route, there are zombies. Yes, that you have to try and avoid. (laughs) There are two classes of zombie. There are some that are stumblers, and some that are chasers. The stumblers move very slowly, and will just shuffle around. The chasers, yes, they will actually chase you. Now, the zombies are not going to be numbing your brains. Um, they have been apparently trained not to do that within the parameters of the race. But all of the runners have flags, sort of like the whole, you know, flag touch football game, where you have flags on the outside of your running apparel, and that is what they're going for. And they look like long strips. Actually, to begin with, I thought they looked like strips of bacon, which was <laughs> which is appropriate. Yeah. That is sort of like your health meter, your health points. I think you get three, I'm not 100% sure, but along the way you can also find and get health packs. So it's also kind of like a video game. Yeah, so you can build it back up. Yes. (laughs) And if you lose, like if the zombies get all of the stripes off of you, when you cross the finish line, you become zombified. (laughs) And it's not a terrible thing because you get an award for being zombified. You get an award for winning and you also get an award for being zombified. And no matter what happens, if you finish... You get a free beer. How can that be wrong? Zombie apocalypse. I made it through the dead zone. I need a beer. Yeah, it's going on in quite a few cities. There is one in Atlanta on March 3rd, one in Boston on May 5th. Uh, Minneapolis is June 2nd. Indianapolis is June 23rd. Denver is the 14th of July. Seattle slash Portland is August 4th. St. Louis is August 18th. Pittsburgh, September 1st. 
San Diego slash Los Angeles is October 20th. October 27th in Baltimore, and finally, December 15th in Austin. I had a friend, a couple friends, actually, in the States who did this last year, I think in different locations, and both of them were like, wow, I was not prepared. (laughs) One of them did it, I'm pretty sure, in Baltimore. Okay. In October. And at points, you are running through, like, creeks and rivers and through mud, and she said she got pretty soaked and was pretty cold. And like they said, this is an obstacle course, and as we're, you know, talking, there's a little video that's scrolling through, and it does look like there's, you know, there's one section where you have to climb sort of a... Netting. Netting, and... I've also seen them climb, it looks like a wooden scaling... You know, you've got wall, wall, a yeah. scaling wall, and then they slide down the other side. Yeah. I've seen them crawl through tunnels. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do the obstacles, but if you don't do the obstacles, then you don't get the same awards as the people that have. Yeah. You are also not allowed to tuck your health flags into your garments. Yes. To hide them from the zombies. That yes. is not fair. You can also volunteer to be a zombie. And with that, you get to be professionally zombified. They have makeup and hair and costumes and things like that. And you get little special benefits for being part of the zombie crew, including a free run at your choice of event. But they, going off of what Karen was saying about the creek and, you know, it being cold, they do have in the suggestions section that this is the apocalypse, you're going to get dirty, bring something appropriate for afterwards, there is going to be a shot, there's a decontamination area, quotes, (laughs) where you can shower and change and stuff like that afterwards, and there is- Yeah, because you get really muddy. And there's an apocalypse party that night. Yeah. Where it's got crafts, music, food, stuff like that. Yeah, because basically, by the look of it, you're running through a park or forest or woods, that sort of thing, like, you know, like a natural- Right area. So... If you click on each of the... Like, I clicked on Atlanta first, because it's the one coming up real soon. You can see a map of the area that you... (laughs) Including the undead area and the safe zone. The parking, the safe zone, and then the undead area. And the thing is that um, they did say, it is a 5k run, but there are multiple routes for the 5k. Yeah. So, choose wisely... Or yours may become a 10K. Really? Choose wisely. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I, all I'm thinking of, like, oh, damn. So if if the zombie apocalypse happens, I am so holing up somewhere. Yeah, I am holding up somewhere and, you know, barricading myself in with my yarn. But yeah, so if you live in one of the, especially if you live in one of the areas where it's going on in, say, like, September, October, something like that, you know, that might be something to work forward to. Yeah. If you're planning to, trying to get in shape this year. Yeah, there's a video. I'm sure you can find video of it on YouTube, too. Or you can search for people to search for online and see other people's, you know, blog entries about it if they've done it. Now, remember, it is 5K. This is not a 1K walk. This is a 5K run. An yes. obstacle course run. Yes, with people chasing you as right. zombies. So. Right. They actually had a zombie Winnie the Pooh bear at one point. <laughs> And I can see pictures of a zombie clown, clown, which is super scary. Yeah, if you don't like clowns. And a zombie nun. Yeah, you you probably need to be in really good shape. Yeah. But this would be really fun from the looks of it. Yeah. Anyways, there you go. There's something to work forward to. Runforyourlives.com. The zombie-infested 5K obstacle course race. Anybody who has done that... 
gets such uber geek awards. Oh, yes. I am not joking. Major kudos from me. And speaking of other creepy things, apparently Joss Whedon has had a movie called Cabin in the Woods that has actually been finished since 2009 and and had never been released. Okay. The reason it hadn't been released is because it was held up because in 2009, MGM, who were responsible for distributing it and funding it and all that, filed for bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, that thing. So they couldn't release any movies. So basically there's been this finished movie that he just hasn't been able to release. Until now! It is finally coming out on April 13th. And it's called Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, it looks like, it. from what I was reading, it sounds like fairly basic horror movie fare setup of, like, you know, teenagers or college students go to a cabin in the middle of the woods and find something else there. But from what he was saying, it sounds like he was going for subverting some of the tropes of the genre while still keeping it as a scary movie. Okay. I'm, because it's Joss. Yeah. Won't pass judgment until seeing it. Yeah. Actually, if it's a horror movie, there's a very slim chance of me seeing it. it, But (laughs) I'm very selective about the scary (laughs) movies I go to. But on the subject of selective movies that tentatively are looking forward to, wasn't there a Beauty and the Beast thing that you were mentioning earlier? (laughs) Well, apparently there's a couple Beauty and the Beast movies that are coming out. But the one that I specifically was hearing about recently was uh, Guillermo del Toro, who did Pan's Labyrinth, as well as... Did he do From Dust Till Dawn? Maybe. The one I remember that of him doing, that he's done is Pan's Labyrinth. I know he's done a lot more movies. But he's doing a version of Beauty and the Beast, which should be interesting. And Emma Watson has been cast as the female lead. That's pretty cool. Which should be interesting. So, quote-unquote, Harry has had his first movie outside of yeah. Harry Potter. He'd done, he'd done a couple TV things. And, like and, masterpiece um, and um, theater performance. And theater. But now he's had his first big motion picture, right. which was also a creepy movie. Yes. And now Emma's having her yes. first big theatrical release post-Potter. So now all we need is the ginger to step in. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that. I know... I did see the majority of Pan's Labyrinth, and it was both beautiful and creepy. Yeah, I think it could be really interesting to see what he does with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth and The Village are are sort of my limit for creepy. Because, you know, I like sleep and stuff like that. (laughs) And of course, Beauty and the Beast is... Not just my favorite Disney movie, but it's all, lo- always been my favorite sort of fairy tale or, you know, mythological plot. Right. Or, you know, trope. No, it's always been one where I have always been drawn to stories that use that sort of theme. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how he does it. Okay. And then, like I said, I think I remember hearing that there's actually a, one or two other adaptations of it that are coming out. So sort of like... Snow White with Snow White and the Huntsman and then also Mirror Mirror, where we could get a couple very different adaptations of the same story, which could be interesting. It makes for good geeky gossip talk, yes. at the very least. By the way, speaking of stuff, I got <laughs> I got no segue for that. So or, anyways, this has been circulating on Facebook that Firefly will be returning to cable on the Sci-Fi channel. This is the episodes that they have already had. Yes. It's going to be returning to TV. Yeah, the way a couple of the articles were phrased when I originally saw it, I'm like, what? They're making more Firefly? No, when I read the article, it looks like they are re-airing the existing episodes in the intended order that they were supposed to be shown in. Okay. Because let's remember that Captain Tightpants 
actually has another job right yeah, now. Yeah, has a full-time job. And while, you know, he could probably use his hiatus from said job to make maybe a feature film, a lot of TV actors have done that. I don't know so much about filming another series. That would be pretty hard. That mainly tends to work for British series where they don't do as many episodes. Case in point, Sherlock and The Hobbit. Yes. A couple quick little things. Last week we mentioned the survey for DC's New 52 series of comic books. Apparently the VP of marketing for DC has come out and said that the survey was not representative. Why you would then release those results or release them in that manner, I don't know. But he said apparently the survey was done three ways. The people were asked in person at comic book stores. There was an email to a survey solely for the people who were had done digital purchase. And there was an open survey online. And then apparently, like we mentioned last week about how 90, it said that 93% of the respondents were male. Well, apparently that was for the in-store and the digital subscriber or digital purchaser survey. For the open survey, actually, there was a 23% female response. And the interesting, they mentioned again, this is from an article on the Mary Sue discussing it. They only had 167 responses for the in-store survey, 600 responses for the solely digital survey, and 5,000 responses for the open survey, weeding out the people who had not bought any of the new 52. I'm assuming the 5,000 is after they have weeded the people who haven't bought it out. But so I don't know why the report said that 97% thing. Because somebody had, didn't pass math? I don't know. Or they I don't know if they didn't thought that the open survey didn't count for some reason, or I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing is, why is all of a sudden there are so many more women responding with that one? Okay. And in the Mary Sue, they were speculating, like, could it be that, you know, more women wanted to register specific feedback, so when they found out about the survey, they were like, oh, hells yes, I'm filling this out. Yeah, women will do that. You know, was it that a lot of women were more active in, like, fan communities where they mentioned the survey, so that it ended up being that more women saw the link to the survey. Because, I mean, if you look at, I mean, a lot of the fandoms, even for things like 24 or things like that online that I've been involved in, a lot of the fan communities for them are managed and to a large extent populated by women. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. But I don't know. It was still interesting seeing the difference. It's still interesting seeing the difference between, okay, you still only had 3% women, or 7% women, sorry, responding to the in-store and the digital purchase only surveys. But then again, you know, there's a long-standing history of women not feeling comfortable in comic book stores. Well, I've seen a lot of women writing about, you know, their experiences in comic book stores and just not feeling welcome or (laughs) as though they're taken seriously. Yeah, most of them probably feel they're not taken seriously seriously and anybody else probably feels like they're the latest geek meat that is up hanging up again not taken seriously again object- not taken seriously yeah you know there are some stores that are very good at welcoming female comic book buyers, but those tend to be rare gems from the anecdotal data that I've seen. But it'll be interesting to see what other data they release about how the the new series is doing, and especially when it comes to female and younger readers. And then finally, something epically cool that I found earlier. If you go to seanavery.deviantart.com that's S-E-A-N-A-V-E-R-Y dot deviantart.com and look at his gallery... He's an artist that has done sculptures of mostly animals, some occasional mythological 
creatures made out of broken CDs. And some of these are just amazing. The first one that I saw was actually on the second page of his gallery. It was the one that was linked in a, a blog post of a hummingbird. And all of the CD shards are individual feathers. Yep. Including some very tiny feathers. Like, think of the feathers around the throat and the eyes of a hummingbird. Yeah. And, of course, with the way... Think of the color of a hummingbird, too. And then you get certain colors like that when you bounce light off a CD. Right. Like that bluish, purpley. And the way the, the tail of the hummingbird curls. And just all those little shards making up all these amazing feathers. He's really put a lot of design creativity and time into it. It's amazing. Yeah, this one, the hummingbird one, he's, he lists the materials as a wire mesh frame, CD fragments, and hot glue. That's it. That's it. It looks like there is a little piece of, a little bit of metal stuff for, like, the, the beak and the talons. And then it looks like there's a glass eye. eye. Yeah. But most of it is just CD fragments. There was a really cute one that was a rat. Yes. I love the rat. One of the reasons I love the rat is just the way it's posed. Standing on his hind legs with his little paws up and head looking up as if he's sniffing the air. Yeah. It's same sort of thing. And one th that's one of the things I love about the hummingbird. The hummingbird is posed as though hovering in midair with its tail sort of curled under. Yes. As though it was getting ready to it's literally alight on a flower. It's literally a, a snapshot in a moment. Yeah. And the rat is really cool because, like, all the little shards of CD are, like, little bits of, of a vague feeling of fur. But for a really cool furred animal, there's also an otter. And if anybody's ever actually seen... This, this sculpture is full-sized. Yeah. And if you've ever seen a wet otter, the fur actually does go kind of spiky. Yeah, the fur, like, the fur clumps up into little spikes. Yeah. So each of the, so he uses the CD fragments, and they look like little spikes of fur, except in this case they're shiny and with a silvery or blue color. And it's so cute! Not terribly cuddly, you wouldn't want to pet it. No, but. no, that's probably not something that you snuggle no. in bed on a yeah. cold day or something like that. And it looks like he's used, like, safety eyes like you would use on a teddy bear and a little black nose at the front. <laughs> it's so cute! And little tail! And it's little feet! It's amazing to see what he can do with these fragments of CD shards. I think it said uh, for the hummingbird that he used 50 CDs. Yeah. And there's other animals like... The giant spider's pretty creepy. Yeah, I haven't looked at the close-up of that one. Um, some of the other ones, like the giraffe, the mantis, and a squid and a rhino, it looks like they might also use yeah, that looks computer like, components. That's Those look like motherboard parts. Yeah. So some of them, like especially the ones that wouldn't have fur or feathers... Look like they use computer components and solder to create the animal. That just looks really cool. There's one called the Hanging Gardens, which has a lot of little bird... Five little blue wrens that are flying or sitting on these potted plants. Roughly a hundred CDs used. Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's Sean Avery... S-E-A-N-A-V-E-R-Y dot deviantart dot com. And you can see even more of his creations on there. Now, speaking of interesting creations... Yes. We move on into Cravings, Covets, and, and crushes. crushes. Okay. I'll go with interesting to describe this one. Okay. Because your mileage may vary on this one. Personally, I think this one is hilarious. This There's a, a hat that I found on Ravelry called the Not Your Average Noggin Cat Hat, or N-Y-A-N, Cat Hat. 
And this is the point where Maggie sort of groaned and hit her face. If you have not heard of the Nyan Cat, consider yourself blessed and living <laughs> in a different timeline. Just Google N-Y-A-N, a word, N-Y-A-N. Okay, cat. I, I am all for memes and I am all for fandom taking over the world and stuff like that. I just do not get this cat. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, the cat and I have not met on the same plane of existence. It's and just silly. I, I know it's just silly, but I, I... It's a cat with a toaster pastry body flying through space with rainbows coming out the back. Yes, it has a... And a little song that plays in a loop. It has a severe identity crisis and drug <laughs> addiction is what it does. But anyway, so yes, the hat... Oh my god. The hat is like a little gray hat with cat ears, and then around the brim of the hat, it looks like feather and fan, or a similar sort of wavy stitch, done in rainbow yarn. And then, it has what looks like two felted toaster pastries for earmuffs! Tied with a rainbow string. Dig my heart out with a spoon. And it's done by E. Foley. E. Space F O L E Y. And it's published in Geek's Dream Girl. You can find it by searching patterns on Ravelry for. I just put in not your average noggin and it came right up. I did just try putting in N Y A N and it didn't co- it didn't come up at first. So you might have to spell out at least the first couple words of the name. It was just published in February 2012. So um, sadly, there are not many projects up yet. It's so bizarre looking. But I should also mention that all pattern sale proceeds for February 2012 are going to be donated to the oldies. But Goody's Cocker Spaniel Rescue at CockerSpanielRescue.com, where the creator of the pattern adopted her dog. So it's going to a good cause, okay, too. Okay, okay, okay. The bizarrity can live. I love the description at the beginning. It says, Ever wanted to be a gray kitten flying through space, warmed by toaster pastry? Now you can be. <laughs> because, you know, that's everyone's dream from a, when they're a child. <laughs> yeah, I know that. It is a pretty interesting looking hat. I can see it being a huge hit on, like, college campuses. Yeah, alright, you... I'll admit that. Okay, I am taking you to Guts, Grit, and Pink Lipstick. This is a new video blog that is being made by CJ Kopek of CJ Kopek Creations. And what it is about is not just being crafty, um, because CJ acknowledges that she does knitting, spinning, and quilting, and embroidery, and dyeing, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and. Yeah. The whole concept of the video blog, of the video cast, is held up in the title. She has said, there's nothing you can accomplish or get through in this life without guts, grit, and pink lipstick. With those three things, you can do anything. And the idea of the video cast is that there are times when crafty people will be able to come together and support each other when their lives have become really hard. When you have family dramas, family issues, or, you know, events that happen that are very hard on the soul, and it just feels like they just keep happening. This is when you find that your people, the people that understand you, are the crafty people. And you don't have to be separated by actual geographical distance. You can come together with this blog, podcast, slash videocast, to help support each other. If you have a concern or you know somebody who has a concern and just want a little bit of support, you know, just a just a hug from somebody, you can bring it forward and the support will be there for it. So that's at www.gutsgritandpinklipstick.blogspot.com. CJ has put out 
episode 0.5 called The Prepisode, where you can see her with her backdrop of a chaotic studio. I I saw pictures of the rest of her studio that you actually can't see in the video. (laughs) Yeah, it's just mountains upon mountains upon mountains of stuff. And uh, you do have homework, which is that, okay, people, I can't be the only one that has had a pair of socks on the needles for two years. Please tell me I'm not. (laughs) Show me your studios. Show me your two-year-old projects Mm -hmm. that are still languishing on the needles. Help me out here. Yeah. Type of thing. So if you are one of those people that needs an occasional hug because the times have gotten hard, or if you know somebody who has, or if you just want to become part of the drive to, okay, we're all going to clean up and take stock of our studios, we're doing this all together, then check out the video cast. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out when I get home. And keep an eye on it. And then finally, with another crush, oh my god. Thinking of knit-alongs to come, Uh I think it's, you know, kind of an obvious thing that we are going to probably do something for The Hobbit. Yes. I'm sorry, no. We cannot just let this pass without (laughs) doing something for it. So we are This cannot pass! Sorry, had to be done. Yes. So, obviously, at some point later this year, much later, we're going to be doing a knit-along for The Hobbit. Now, a few weeks ago, when I was in Toronto, I was at the Purple Pearl, and they have a big seating area where people can just sit and knit. And there are quite a, people, quite a few people who are doing that on their Friday afternoon. And I got talking with a couple other people. And someone mentioned the Lothlorien Cape by Susan Pandorf, who also did the Strider Cowl that I'm working on. And, and who did the Even, Even Star, Star Shawl that, yeah. you know, a bunch of other people that I know have done. And it was gorgeous. Someone there was working on the Even Star Shawl. Okay. It was not her first Even Star Shawl. Wow. She's done more than one, which is pretty amazing. Dude. But yes, so she brought it up on her computer that she had with her. And oh, dear God. Is pretty. Is very pretty. It is a little capelet with... Some amazing cable work which going is, on. Which is everything that Karen loves. Yes. I think she said it starts... Let me just double check the actual description. It's done in a DK weight yarn, and I think it's done from the bottom up. So it gets smaller and smaller. I yeah. Think. It okay. says, the stunning capelets, ca- cabled capes design flows organically from the trees of the golden wood at the bottom of the cape into an intricate twisted stitch pattern sure to grace the wearer. Eight twisted stitch panels are separated by a repeating cable motif. Pattern includes directions for a frog closure and color blending with gradients yarns. I think we were looking at closure options before and you really liked oh, that there frog was one. The metal frog the yeah. metal one silver frog, though. the silver looking one. That looked really awesome. What yarn is this that's in the example? So the unique sheep wild thing. It's a DK weight. The original color that she's got it in is sort of like gold and very sort of yellowy green. And it is sort of gradiated up towards the collar. And it is... Wow. The cables are gorgeous. It is also pretty epic. Yeah, it is. And I should mention, too, that the person I was talking to said that a few people they know who have made it ended up needing more yarn than was called for. Okay, that's good to know. So just keep that in mind that you should probably get a couple extra balls of whatever you're making it out of. It is, oh, it is so gorgeous. And I want to make it for For The the Hobbit. Hobbit. Now, it's a very good thing that I found this now. Yes, it is. (laughs) Because this does not look like the sort of thing I could knit in six weeks before the movie came out. No, not not like the 
Potion Master's stole. Yeah. Yeah. This is looks like it is bordering on crazy. It's a very but pretty, very pretty crazy. It's gorgeous, and I have lots of time yes. to find the right yarn and swatch and start working on it. Yes, you do. I had better actually do all those things fairly soon. Yes. Yes, you That's should. That's the thing. I can say that, oh, yes, I have lots of time, but I need to actually get my ass in gear and do it. Because otherwise, eventually, lots of time will turn into, oh, dear God, not enough time. Or, we're running out of time! <laughs> As Jack Bauer always says. Oh, my God, is that not gorgeous? It is. It is quite gorgeous. It calls to my soul. It is like, seriously, like, sometimes when I see patterns, I it is a visceral gut reaction. <laughs> like, I can feel my something in me tug toward it. Falling in lust at first sight. And actually, let's scroll up and look at some of the projects. There's some in blues and purples and one in all over what looks like a gray silver. Mm-hmm. Brown and yellows. That one's really pretty. Mm-hmm. In Malabrigo, Silky Merino. There's a lot of different ones. Some people have done it in Cascade 220, in Nitpick Swish DK. There's some in, like, Malabrigo Yarn Silky, Madeline Tosh Pashmina. What's your cast on date for this, do you think? I should really, okay, if it's, if The Hobbit's coming out in December, I should really cast this on in the summer. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Like to give myself a lot of time. Do you want to say Canada Day, July 1st, or do you want earlier? I'll say Canada Day. Well, mm, but then we run into the problem of summer at the library. So you're thinking earlier. I'm thinking, well, maybe August. Okay. August would still give me quite a few months to do it, but usually by mid-August the crazy is starting to wane. Okay. At work. Because if you cast on for that, I was, I I admit that the Lothlorien cape is absolutely beautiful, but I'm thinking of using some of my vivid red lace weight to make something, to make a shawl or stole for myself that is smog inspired. So that means dragons, serpents, or scales, or something like that. I'm sure we can find patterns that would fit. I'm sure. There there are many patterns out there that could fit. <laughs> so I will do that cast on at the same time you do. We may not actually start the knit-along then, but eh, we could probably start it well, what, what do you think, guys? Do you want an epic project for The Hobbit, or do you want a mini project for The Hobbit? Personally, for me... You're going epic. The Hobbit is an epic movie. It deserves an epic project. <laughs> yes, but some of the... But then I am also insane. Yes. See the Potion Master stole. Yes. But also, some people who are doing the Watson, this is their first set of socks. Yeah. So, some people... You know, obviously, so, yeah, someone who has never done cables before will probably not want to jump in with the Lothlorien cape. Hells no. <laughs> is not advised. I'm all for just trying stuff, because you'll never learn if you don't actually try. Yeah. But there's a fine line between that and setting yourself up for disaster. So are you, is the idea that we're going to do these epic projects for the opening night of The Hobbit? Yeah. And then do sort of like a mini Hobbit knit-along? Or is, every, no, I was thinking is like, everybody going to pick their own epic project? I think, okay, what we can probably do, again, this is going to be much later this year. Yeah. So we don't have to yeah. decide this right we're, now. We're just verbally we're throwing just stuff. We're just verbally throwing stuff out. We could even, we could start it early <laughs> for those of us that are doing epic stuff. Okay. And then if you're not doing something epic, you can join in a little later on. Okay. Okay. Because the people that are going to be doing epic stuff, you know, people can still post in Hobbit-inspired stuff afterwards that they're doing, but the main thing will be doing stuff for the opening of the movie. So our goal will be to get stuff read done for 
the opening of the movie. Right. We can start the middle on for the, again, like I said, for the people that are doing epic stuff. Because they're going to be doing that epic stuff right until the date of the movie. Right. And then as other people, other people can come in depending on how epic their project is. If they're doing something small, they come in like a month before. If they're doing something a little bigger, they'll just come in like two or three months before. Okay. And then there's the crazies, like me. But in the meantime, until then, just reminding everybody, we will be doing another knit-along, starting at the end of this month, our stash-down knit-along, which again is just an excuse to encourage people to use their stash, especially considering a lot of the fiber festivals and other yarny events happen in like late April and in May, so it usually ends up making for a lot of stash acquisition at that point. And if you can get stuff out of your stash... Then there's no guilt putting stuff into in your, your stash. stash. And again, this is going to be fairly informal. We're not going to... If you want to keep track of how much yarn you're using and post in the group saying, I, you, I'm up to 400 yards, I'm up to 1,000 yards, I'm up to 3,000 3, yards that I've destashed or knit up. We want to hear it and we will cheer you on. But if you don't want to keep track or if you don't have a lot of time to knit and therefore feel like you'd be falling behind, don't worry about it. Again, we want to make these fun and interesting and supportive. Yeah, not obligatory. And finally, I should also mention the vat of Oreo martinis. That we have been referencing. It's actually from a, well, not the vat, but, you know, the Oreo martini is actually from a website called Daydreamer Desserts, where the owner of the blog has created a double stuff Oreo martini, (laughs) which involves infusing vodka with Oreos. I'm thinking of giving that to people for Christmas this year. That would be hilarious. Just a mason jar. vodka. With With Oreos. Oreos. And then so you infuse the vodka with Oreos, and then there's other ingredients that you add to create a full-flavored martini. But, you know, in case you need something like that, and it looked like there were some other interesting drinks and stuff going on there, too. So that's daydreamerdesserts.com. Oh, and just one slight little, one little note for the continuing Watson along. I mentioned this in the thread, but I should mention it, too, in case you haven't looked at the thread. Just asking... Everybody, if you're posting your projects in Ravelry, please just tag them with K1G2 Watson along. All one word. So that we can find all of the the Watson stuff. And feel free to, uh, please go ahead and share any project, really, or any stash acquisition with the group. When you're adding stuff to your stash or editing a project, on the right hand side, there'll be a little box where it says share with, and you can select whatever group there's a little drop down menu it'll bring all the groups that you're a member of and you can select any of the groups that you want to share it with and that way when you go to the group's homepage again there's a little box on the side that shows recently shared projects so you can see other people's projects that they're working on i have to admit i kind of squeed i was looking at the the project page for the watson socks uh-huh. like that actual pattern page and just looking at clicked on the the projects tab and there's Quite a few that say, I'm doing this as the Watson along. And I'm like, (laughs) has power, has power. I am drunk with power and Oreo martinis. Martinis. Speaking of getting drunk. I think it's time. Okay, everybody. Good night. (laughs) Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one G E E K. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. 
All right, say hello to everybody. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> um, he has plans to star as... <laughs> Stop it, Karen! <laughs> you can't see... I, nobody can see what you Good just... Good thing this is radio. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, start over. Blarg. Okay. So, um, yeah. Damn it, you total train of thought derailed. <laughs>